Today is Monday, January 1st, 2024. Happy New Year. We are going to start the new year off strong with a new podcast episode. Now, my New Year's resolution does involve producing more podcast episodes, but I'm not going to say out loud just how high I set the bar for myself because I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to have ADHD paralysis starting on day one thinking about it, but I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it into the universe that in 2024, I will be producing more podcast episodes for both podcasts. So there you have it. That is my New Year's resolution for 2024. And hopefully you all have some achievable New Year's resolutions. And if not, that's fine because most people have a New Year's resolution that they don't see beyond week three. And that is totally fine. Just keeping it real because we know that most people um, do not exceed their New Year's resolutions past Christmas decoration cleanup, and I am 0% judging, so there you go. Now, you all know, those of y'all that have been with me for the past two years on this journey, know that every December I revisit the Ramsey case, and I only intended to revisit it for the month of December, but you guys told me on the social media lives that you wanted me to continue into January, so that is what we are going to do. And we are going to kick off the first situation podcast episode of 2024 in classic Sojo fashion with some fact verse fuckery in the Jean Benet Ramsey case. And to make it a little extra fun, we are going to base the topics of today's fact verse fuckery debate off of real comments left on my social media videos as it applies to the Jean Benet Ramsey case. We are going to start with a topic that gets brought up a lot, both in my comment section as well as on lives, and it is one that I admit absolutely drives me batshit crazy. It's been said numerous times, but I'm just going to quote one example, and it says, and I quote, Yes, but they stated that the DNA found on her could have been from the underwear factory when it was packaged they tested a pair of underwear that there was evidence of scientists testing her panties and unopened panties and both found DNA from manufacturers. Okay. Mm so this fuckery got started because of a 2016 CBS documentary titled The Case of JonBenet Ramsey, and it was a two-part miniseries in that docu-series, they have a scientist, and they get some underwear, and they open it, and they're all sitting around this table with white coats and gloves on, and they look at the underwear under fluorescent lights, and they find two small dots, and they swab it, and they test it for DNA, and the DNA is not anybody that was sitting around the table, and so they say that it must have come from the manufacturing of those panties when they were being made or packaged, that's how that unknown DNA got on the underwear that they were testing. They then go on to say that the unknown male foreign DNA that was found mixed with the blood in Jean Benet's underwear could have potentially been from someone manufacturing the underwear and have no relevance whatsoever to solving the Ramsey case. 
They then go on to say that this very, very small amount of alleged DNA that allegedly, supposedly got there during the manufacturing process of this underwear could be transferred to other items of clothing by friction when putting on or taking off other items of clothing. I respect the scientific game here, right? I respect that they had an hypothesis that perhaps... DNA could be found on underwear because of the manufacturing process and it not actually be relevant. And they tested to see if that was true. I can respect that scientific game. But as it applies to the Ramsey case and the fact that this was filmed in 2016, literally what the fuck are they talking about? I am genuinely secondhand embarrassed for these professionals that did this fuckery of a so-called science experiment in 2016, knowing good and damn well that they had facts and evidence that made this fuckery of a so-called science experiment absolute fucking bullshit to continue to spread a false narrative. Shame on them for this clout-chasing hussy shit. Let me explain what I mean. They did this fuckery of a science experiment to continue, in my opinion, to bolster the narrative that somehow DNA evidence is relevant in every case but the Ramsey case and to get people online to discuss that. And it worked. I mean, there are tons of people online that think it is a fact that the DNA evidence in her underwear is completely and totally irrelevant because... DNA can be found on underwear from a manufacturing company. And not to be a petty bitch, because I know what I'm about to say has absolutely no evidentiary value and no scientific value, but I would like to know what parents are buying underwear that people could have unpackaged and put back in the package or touched or returned and putting it on their children unwashed. Like, those parents need to reveal themselves because I didn't know that was a fucking thing, but I digress. But back to the facts and not the fuckery, it was not just a minute amount of foreign male DNA found mixed in with the blood in her underwear. If we look at the report from the Colorado Bureau of Investigations dated January 15th, 1997, it reads, and I quote, the DNA profiles developed from Exhibits 7, which was the underwear, 14L and 14M, which is the scrapings from underneath her nails on her right and left hand, revealed a mixture of which the major component matched Jean Benet Ramsey. If the minor components from Exhibit Number 7, 14L and 14M, were contributed by a single individual, then the entire fucking Ramsey family is ruled out. So what they're saying is that this unknown foreign male DNA was found mixed with Jean Benet's DNA in her underwear and underneath her fingernails. This is from 1997. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible, okay, but I don't know how... DNA in her underwear mixed in with blood if it had hypothetically been from a manufacturing company and been such a minute amount would have also ended up underneath her fingernails. But in case you're still skeptical, let's add additional information that we know to be factual from the 2008 testing. 
In 2008, Mary Lacey, who was the district attorney for Boulder, Colorado, sent off additional pieces of evidence in the JonBenet Ramsey case for DNA testing because we had a lot of advancements in DNA technology from 1997 to 2008. And one of those advancements was touch DNA, and she wanted some items of clothing to be retested with touch DNA technology to see if more DNA evidence could be discovered in the Ramsey case. Mary Lacey had the long johns that Jean Bonnet was found wearing, as well as a Barbie sleep shirt tested for touch DNA evidence. And the results of the 2008 testing stated that the DNA evidence found in 1997 under Jean Benet's fingernails and in her underwear was an exact match to the new touch DNA evidence that they found on the waistband of her long johns as well as the shoulder of the Barbie shirt. So they have the exact same DNA profile for the exact same unknown male found in her underwear, underneath her fingernails, on the waistband of the long johns, as well as the shoulder of the shirt. And all of this information was made public in 2008 by District Attorney Mary Lacey when she publicly cleared the Ramsey family as suspects because of DNA evidence. Now let's circle back to the CBS documentary made in 2016, eight years after all of this was made very public. They have the audacity to do this fakakery of a science project and say that the DNA evidence in the Ramsey case is essentially worthless because it very well could have been just DNA transferred onto the underwear during the manufacturing process, and they have a complete and total disregard for the fact that it wasn't just a minute amount of DNA evidence from a foreign male found in her underwear. It was also found underneath her nails and along the waistband of the long johns she was wearing, as well as the shoulder of the shirt. Does CBS mention this? Hell no, they don't. The only very passive statement that was made was that one of the guys says, well, and this touch DNA from the manufacturing company could have been transferred to other pieces of clothing, right? Because of friction when you're layering these items on top of one another, getting dressed or undressed. And the scientist is like, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Y'all. Yeah. The inside crotch area has, I guess, some microscopic amount of touch DNA from a manufacturing company. And then they friction the fuck out of the inside crotch area of the underwear all over the waistband of the long johns and the shoulder of the shirt and somehow got underneath her nails. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. That lacks all logic and reasoning, y'all. Get the fuck out of here with that. Shame on CBS for that shit, honestly, y'all, because CBS did that, in my opinion, to essentially bolster this bullshit narrative that DNA is completely irrelevant in the Ramsey case. Facts and evidence do not lie. Misrepresentation of the facts and evidence is a lie. And in my opinion, that is clearly what CBS did. They misrepresented the fuck out of facts and evidence and left out some facts and evidence to 
misrepresent it and what it led to was further misrepresentation of facts and evidence and a total disregard for key pieces of facts and evidence. And people are on the internet boldly stating that it is a fact that they proved that the DNA evidence in the Ramsey case is worthless because it's from a manufacturing company. And I just, I literally fucking cannot with that. I fucking cannot with that. Can I respect that they wanted to know if it was possible if touch DNA could be found on an item of clothing that you purchase from the manufacturing process? Sure, I respect that. However, to present this scientific experiment and leave out facts and evidence that you know make that hypothesis bullshit in this particular case with facts and evidence in full context and intentionally present it with half-ass facts, evidence, and context is fucking bullshit. And honestly, if I was in the scientific community, I would be fucking pissed about this representation of science and the damage that this type of representation of science can cause and that This little experiment proved a cause online in this case, in my opinion, and allegedly, supposedly, CBS can fuck all the way off for that one. Like, (laughs) I'm not thinking Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers are real proud of that one. Woof. (laughs) Another thing that I have commented a lot is that it's a fact that Patsy Ramsey wrote the ransom note. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't care what you say. It is a fact that Patsy Ramsey wrote the ransom note. It is not a fucking fact that Patsy Ramsey wrote the ransom note, and it would not hurt some people to do some fact checking. Now, one of the experts in handwriting, which is not an exact science, looked at Patsy Ramsey's handwriting and said that she scored a 4.5 out of 5. Now, a 5 means totally cleared, did not write it. And she scored a 4.5 out of 5, meaning she was almost entirely cleared of having possibly wrote the ransom note. And, of course, the haters are going to hate and say that that expert was partial to the Ramseys. But they want to say that the experts used in civil cases for the people being sued for libel and slander and defamation by the Ramseys, who, by the way, lost and had to pay the Ramseys, are not biased. And they're telling the truth. Shocker, uh, that bias shit works both ways and probably should be acknowledged both ways. But that's okay because I am going to acknowledge the facts first fuckery on this right now. With bias in mind, if you don't care about the one expert that said that Patsy Ramsey scored a 4.5 out of 5, almost being totally cleared as having possibly wrote the ransom note... Because you think that that expert is biased towards the Ramseys, that is totally fine. That's totally understandable. I totally get it. But let's discuss some of the so-called experts that are quoted over and over and over again by the people online that continuously state that Patsy Ramsey, for a fact, wrote the ransom note. One of the so-called experts that gets quoted and used a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, by people that want to state as a fact that it is a proven fact that Patsy Ramsey wrote the ransom note 
is Cena Wong. And Cena said that allegedly, supposedly, the ransom note had four different variations of the letter A. And Patsy Ramsey allegedly had the same four variations for A and other letters. And allegedly, supposedly, was confident that Patsy Ramsey most likely wrote the letter based on all of these alleged similarities. And Miss Wong was hired to be a handwriting expert for a party in a civil suit against the Ramseys. And the court said, and I quote, Although the court has concluded that a proper expert may assist a jury in a comparison of handwriting between a known and an unknown piece of writing, That conclusion does not mean that a person can be deemed as an expert in forensic document examination merely by announcing himself as such. Indeed, defendants assert that plaintiff's expert, in particular Ms. Wong, lack the necessary credentials to qualify as an expert. For the reasons discussed below, the court agrees with defendants that Wong is not qualified to provide expert testimony. So this woman was not qualified to give expert testimony on handwriting in a civil suit, meaning she sure as shit is not qualified as an expert to discuss this in a criminal case. I mean, there is a big difference between what's okay in civil court and criminal court. And if you can't get accepted in civil court, you sure as shit aren't going to make the cut for criminal. Additionally, Wong and Liebman, which is another person that gets brought up as far as it applies to handwriting samples in the Ramsey case, were allegedly supposedly hired by a national newspaper to review samples of Patsy Ramsey's handwriting For what? Duh, so that the media could write up their bullshit and make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars continuing to discuss what would sell for them as it applies to the Ramsey case. And I think that just speaks for itself. People want to act like certain information is not relevant because the expert that gave it is biased. Well, here's someone who was deemed not to be qualified as an expert by the court system, who has a very obvious bias and yet is quoted over and over and over again online by people who want to bolster the narrative that Patsy Ramsey wrote this fucking ransom note. And let me remind everyone that the Colorado Bureau of Investigations reported that the handwriting tests were inconclusive. I hate to say it again, but I'm going to. This, in my opinion, is a great example of confirmation bias that we see continuously in the Ramsey case. And I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty about qualifications or lack thereof and all that bullshit. You can Google it, but I think that it just speaks for itself. Uh, People are really, really, really just loving and willfully having a total disregard for facts and evidence and choosing to accept non-facts and evidence as such because they don't want to acknowledge and accept real facts and evidence. And we just, (laughs) there's nothing you can do about that. It is, however, scary as fuck to think about because those same people end up on juries. Can't imagine how innocent people end up in prison, but I digress. 
Uh, let's see. I also get a lot of comments about why did John Ramsey plan a trip to Michigan the day he found his dead daughter in the basement? That is pure fuckery that I can very easily clear up. Uh, he didn't. The Ramseys had already, well in advance, planned to leave early in the morning on December 26th, 1996 to go to Michigan to have second Christmas with John's two adult children from his first marriage. As a matter of fact, on Christmas Day, John actually went to the airport to pack up the plane on Christmas Day in preparation for them leaving early in the morning on December 26th. The reason that the Ramses were getting up at 5.30 in the morning on December 26th was because they were planning to leave on a private plane to go to Michigan to have second Christmas with John's two oldest kids from his first marriage at like 7 in the morning. So that's a quick, easy one to clear up. That's absolute fuckery. And John called the pilot to say that obviously they weren't going to be doing that given the circumstances. And the pilot then called the airlines to notify John's oldest son and daughter about what happened so that they could get on a different flight and be directed to Denver instead of Michigan which that's exactly what they did, and they arrived in Denver in the afternoon on December 26, 1996. On a live yesterday, someone asked me to address how all of the evidence in the Ramsey case came from inside of the Ramsey home. The thing is, uh, they didn't. So while there are certainly pieces of evidence that came from inside the Ramsey's home, such as the paintbrush and... The paper that the ransom note was written on, there are plenty of pieces of evidence that did not come from inside the Ramsey home, such as the black tape that was covering Jean Bonnet's mouth, the nylon rope used to tie her up as well as make the garrote. That didn't come from the Ramsey house. Nobody knows where the fuck that big ass mag light came from that was found in the kitchen. There is just truly a lot. An endless amount of facts versus fuckery that we could do on the Ramsey case and unfortunately on a lot of other cases as well. But I think that that is enough fact versus fuckery for us for today. I think we have kicked off 2024 pretty good. So I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. I want to personally thank each and every one of you that listened to the Situation Podcast or the Sojo Files or participated in the Sojo Files social media in 2023, and I am looking forward to 2024, and I hope that you all will continue to listen to the Sojo Files and the Situation and hang out on social media as 2024 continues. I am looking forward to see what this year has in store for us, but I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. I hope you all had a wonderful new year, and I hope that 2024 has something special in store for you. I love you all. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you guys on the next episode.